true crime murderinos. So in the spirit of Love Day, I give you all crime, murder, and horror. Enjoy. So I spent the, the whole day watching some of my favorite horror movies on Shudder, um, Tragedy Girls, Superhose. I watched Pool last night. And you know, so I'm like in the mood and I decided, hey, we need to do a Valentine's episode here, right? We need to do a Love Day episode, murder pot style, right? And so I decided to put together a quick current events episode. And this case is pretty interesting, all right? It's, it's current events in the sense that um, it's going to court right now, but this actually occurred back in 2019. This is the first time I'm hearing about the case. I might even actually do a longer in-depth episode on this one because it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm really interested in what went down here. So we'll do a quick mini episode on it right now. Um, this is taking place in Anchorage, Alaska, and it's left the community asking, did we have a serial killer in Alaska? Well, another serial killer, I guess, because Alaska has had a few serial killers. I'm going to have a couple episodes, actually, on Alaskan serial killers. We are not running out. So yeah, get out your glass of wine and favorite blanket. Happy Valentine's Day, loveys. Sit back, relax, and let's go to Alaska. So in Anchorage, Alaska, a snuff film was found. All right. This is back in 2019. And so snuff films are, they're films of like real life torture and murder. And frighteningly, these videos do exist. Okay. There's a market for it out there. You know, you find them out on um, 
I don't know where you find them because I've never seen them. But then they exist, right? Meaning there are people wanting to look at this. I kind of went into detail um, into snuff films a bit back in the Kim Val episode. And so if you're interested in that, you can, you can go back. But anyway, so 52-year-old Brian Stephen Smith recorded himself torturing and killing a woman in a hotel room. He was holding the camera with one hand while he was strangling the woman with the other hand. And, you know, basically creating this snuff film for his viewers. In the video, you'll actually hear him mention that, you know, he has viewers that are watching this. Something like that. I'll get into it. But so the victim was 30-year-old Kathleen Henry. She's an indigenous woman from Alaska. And Brian Stephen Smith is originally from South Africa. He has a distinctive South African accent. And this is actually important because it comes into play later on when he's identified. And it's kind of how, it's partly how he's connected to the video. More interestingly though, it's how he's um, identified by the police. Like they recognize him, they recognize his accent. I mean, I'm guessing maybe there's not that many people with South African accents walking around in Alaska. And he he's already known by the police. We don't know exactly how, but he already was known. And they remembered this accent. So, okay, let's get into how this went down. All right. How did he get caught? What actually goes down? And unfortunately, which is, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, we have a video. So we have a lot of evidence. But also, I mean, we have evidence of like a horrible, horrible act taking place. a sex worker turns in an SD card to the police station. The woman claims that she was in the truck of a client, a truck driver, and he left the car briefly to go get some cash from the ATM to pay her. She, you know, is bored sitting in the car and she's kind of going through that front compartment and finds an SD card and she takes it. Later on during the, you know, maybe the next morning, that week, basically within this, a week goes by before she turns it in. And during that week, she looks at the SD card and sees what's on it. And it is terrifying. There were videos and photos of this murder. And, you know, it's it's the snuff film, basically. And so there's a week that goes by from the time she finds the SD card and the time that she turns it in. And defense is relying on that a lot, trying to say like, oh, it could have been tampered with. But it doesn't look like they're going to get away with that. You know, the SD card is staying in evidence. They were trying to get it thrown out, um, claiming that it could have been a fake or something. But it looks like that's not going to fly. So September 30th, the SD card is turned in. And the SD card was actually titled Homicide at Midtown Marriott, which is 
so creepy. So creepy, you know? And the woman who turns it in, she admits that she sold it from the client's truck while he was getting cash. She admits that, you know, she took this week to turn it in because, you know, in her line of work, she doesn't want to be around the cops. She already knows what she was doing and she already has a record. And, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, people in her line of work are not taken seriously or they're just arrested. You know, it's like, eh, throw them in and don't even follow through with what she's coming forward with. Right. But luckily, in this case, they took her serious and they, you know, I'm guessing, you know, once they looked at this SD card, you can't not take her serious. So on the SD card, there were 39 images and 12 videos showing the torture, murder, and disposal of Kathleen. In the video, there is a man stomping on the victim's throat while she's trying to fight him off. And again, there's that distinct South African accent. And so a man with a South African accent is saying, in my movies, everyone always dies. What will my followers think of me? People need to know when they are being serial killed. Dude, that is so freaking creepy. Like, are you kidding me? Like, several things. First of all, just like, you know, your video is titled, you're talking in here like you're the director, you are the director. And then, you know, his followers, what will his followers think of me? Like I said, there is a community of people that are watching this, meaning there's a market for it. And so there are people out there that are doing this, that are like killing other people for sport, you know, and videotaping it. And then there are people paying for it and watching it, you know, which is like, I don't even know which one is more sick. They're equally as sick. But, um, and then just to say, people need to know when they're being serial killed. That's terrifying. Kind of reminds me um, with BTK, Dennis Rader. He would apparently whisper into his victim's ear a couple of times he did it where he said like, I'm BTK. Because he knew that BTK was all over the news. And I think he, you know, wanted to have this moment where like the person is going to know you know, a serial killer's in your home. It's happening. You're going to be one of my victims. And I feel like, you know, this is one of those moments. He's feeling like God and he's like, this is what's happening to you right now. <sighs> All right. So the woman who turns in the video r apparently recognizes the pattern on the carpet in the video. And you can also ID that it's from this Marriott hotel. And based on timestamps in the video, authorities Authorities say that it was recorded most likely between September 4th and September 6th, and September 6th of 2019 at the Town Place Suites by Marriott. And authorities are also able to place and confirm Smith at the hotel between September 2nd and September 6th. So, you know, this is the window of when this was recorded. And he happened to be a guest at that hotel during that exact same time. So not looking too good. There are also images of her deceased body on the back of the truck. And this looks like it was recorded around September 6th, which is days later from when the first recordings took place. So this was, you know, done over several days. You know, he was with her body for several days, um, which is really, really creepy. I mean, you never know what people are doing out there. You know, like this guy, uh, I don't even want to get into it. Like people have these second and third and fourth lives that are just something else. Doing these episodes just make me realize that more and more and it freaks me out. Okay, 
So Kathleen's body is eventually found on October 2nd, 2019. All right. So this is a couple weeks later. And, you know, also a couple of weeks later from when the SD card is turned in. So they already know that like her body might be out there if this has really happened. And yes, then her body gets found. Um, Brian is identified as suspect. And so he's brought in pretty quickly. Now, while Brian is being questioned by the police, he says, I'm going to make you guys famous. Okay. Then he goes and admits to killing 52-year-old Veronica Abucha, which is, she's another indigenous woman from Alaska. And she was reported missing by her family, actually. Smith was able to ID Abucha from photos that the police showed him. And and this is really unfortunate, but actually, so authorities had thought they already found Abucha's body and they assumed that she was deceased already and they found her body um, based on some ID that was on the body, right? So they just assumed they didn't really confirm with dental records or anything, but they assumed it was her. And they didn't realize that they had the wrong body the whole time until Brian Smith makes his confession. So he tells them that he shot her and he left her body in this one area. When they go there, they find her remains. And so this whole time they're thinking they have Veronica and they don't even actually have her. So there's like a double tragedy happening here, you know, like this. Would it I mean, she very likely would have never even really been found if he didn't say anything. And I mean, maybe in a way we're almost just lucky that another person was deceased and had her ID because it could have, she could have just been out there as a missing person forever and no one would have even knew that anything happened to her. At least in this case, they at least knew she was ready, you know, she had passed away. Um, but now to find out how horrifically it happened and at the hands of a serial killer is terrifying. Brian Smith also goes ahead and claims he is a serial killer. I'm kind of interested in what's going to come up with that because, you know, serial killer technically is supposed to be three or more victims. And right now we're seeing two. But, you know, he had the whole line where he's saying, I'm going to make you guys famous. So maybe he has more victims. You know, if he's creating these films, you know, he says he has what, it, what would his viewers think? Um, he po quite possibly has several films out there and several victims. And we'll, you know, I guess we'll find out more and hear more. Both of these two victims that we can confirm right now are, they were transient or houseless. And so was the woman who turned in the SD card, which makes you think, you know, 
could she have been a potential victim? You know, and is this how his previous victims were lured? Because he was not transient. He was married and, you know, had his home and had a job. And so he's not really in these communities unless he's possibly, you know, hunting or engaging in this second life that he has, you know? So it's kind of frightening. It's kind of scary, you know? Like that's not the community that he's usually in unless he's apparently hunting and serial killing and videotaping and videotaping torture and murder. And so Brian is actually married. And I saw a photo of him and his wife online. What is pretty scary is that they look like a very well-to-do middle-class family. You know, like even like a upper middle-class family in some photos, in my opinion. And I mean, someone I would feel very safe walking down the street next to. Um, We say this all the time, right? But sometimes I don't say this. Sometimes people do look a little creep. I'm not going to say someone should be arrested or convicted because they look a little creep, but some people look a little creep, right? But this, he's not one of them. He really does look like a nice, normal guy, and that's pretty creepy. His wife made a comment, made one comment, so she's kind of keeping herself away from the media, and she makes one comment, and she just says, I don't think he did it, and that's it. And I don't know. You know, usually if someone is this violent, and you're videotaping your violence, and there's a sexual gratification with the violence, I'm thinking maybe she's seen that side of him. You know, I can't imagine that you can hide that completely from your partner. And so maybe she's just afraid and doesn't want to say anything. Or, you know, maybe he hid it that well. Or maybe she was brainwashed in a certain way. Maybe herself, she's used to certain violent behaviors. So to her, she's thinking, this is not violent. No way he could do that level of violence. He's just, you know, has a little bit of a temper and that's it. I don't know. But um, so far, all she's saying is, I don't think he did it. So he is arrested October 8th, 2019, and he's charged with first-degree murder. And all of a sudden, he's now pleading not guilty. And all I can say is good luck. I mean, I feel like in that initial moment where he was being questioned by police, he was probably in this, you know, feeling, he was feeling himself. I feel like he was in this moment of complete narcissism. And so he admits to Veronica's murder And he's saying, I'm going to make you famous. You know, he's he's just completely in himself. And he gave evidence that literally led to a body, a body with a wound that you have already described, a gunshot wound. And it's like, how are you going to explain that now? How are you going to take back and say not guilty when you literally just led us to a, you know, body? You fixed one of our errors that we had made. You know, you can't just say suddenly not guilty. So, I mean... I think there's too much evidence to be realistically pleading not guilty, in my opinion. But, you know, everyone, I guess, has their day in court and has their chance. So good for him. Anyways, (laughs) defense is trying to get the SD card evidence thrown out. I said this earlier, Um, you know, since it was missing for a week. And so they're kind of claiming it could be tampered with and whatnot. But luckily, the judge has ruled that it stays. And so last week jury selection and opening statements began. And, you know, the jury is going to be hearing and seeing what is on the SD card. And that's just terrifying to think about. You know, I do not envy the jury in this case at all. The judge is claiming that there are going to be a lot of attempts to keep the videos from the public, as in like, you know, not letting it get on the internet or anything else. But, you know, the jury that will be in the courtroom has a right to see what's going on here. So 
that's going to be a hard one. There was like one other case that I know where there was, um, I think this is for the toolbox murders. I hope I'm getting it right. But yeah, they also recorded, this was on, this was back in the day, like cassette tape error, and they were torturing and murdering women and they recorded it. And so there's women like screaming on the videos, crying and, and then they purposely like would tell them to say certain things and tell them to say what was happening in the video. And so it's really graphic material and it was played in the courtroom and there's footage of jurors, you know, running out, throwing up, crying. And I heard that like when you're in the FBI, that you're made to listen to it, to see, you know, if you can get through it, like if you're going to be in the behavioral science unit. I don't know if that's true, if that's just like an urban legend, but jury members during that court were made to listen to that video and oof, I've seen the transcript of that video of that recording and let me tell you even that even that I had to stop like I felt like I might be cursed or something so you know it was terrible And I'm, you know, I feel like I want to go deeper into each character here. I really want to know more about these women. I'm really, really curious about this woman who, you know, who was so, so, so brave and came to the cops with this because we wouldn't know anything. You know, she didn't come to the cops and she didn't have to. You know, I'm sure she's had a horrible experience with police. And, you know, there's also just a fear of not even being believed and then just being arrested. And, you know, she knew that she had to do something for these other women. And she came forward. And so I'm really interested in looking deeper into all the women involved here and possible other victims. And and then this piece of shit, you know, seeing what happened here and what he did. And very excited to see him get 99 years behind bars. But again, innocent until proven guilty. So if it's not him, whoever it is, I'm glad we're coming for you. All right. So... Anyways, I hope you're all having a beautiful Valentine's Day. I'm having a wonderful one cuddled up here next to my little dog, my large glass of wine, and I'm about to put on a really cool horror movie. Yeah, so happy love day, my true crime murderinos.